1: All right, as you heard during the news, uh, Premier Notley announcing her next step to get more Alberta oil moving. Today, I am announcing that the government
2: of Alberta is seeking expressions of interest from proponents to build a
1: new refinery so that we can create even more jobs and add even more value. So Rachel Notley says she wants to gauge interest from the private sector on the idea. She says this could include proposals for a new refinery and or expansion of an existing one. Um, Darren Billis, uh, the Minister of Economic Trade and Development, says a new refinery in Alberta would create thousands of jobs through the construction phase and hundreds more during the operation of the facility.
3: We're looking forward to seeing the response As I promote Alberta in my travels as Minister, I always talk about the many advantages that Alberta has to offer. This includes a hardworking, capable, and skilled workforce that is second to none. While the goal of this initiative is to determine the level of interest in potential projects and use of Alberta bitumen, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the possible employment opportunities. Building a new refinery would employ thousands of people during construction and hundreds more during the operations of the facility. It's why these hard-working folks are joining us here today. As the Building Trades of Alberta has been a strong advocate for skilled tradespeople working in, amongst other areas, the industrial construction, maintenance and fabrication industries.
1: And the premier went on to say that she said the government will look at all options proposed for the best potential investment for Albertans.
2: Well, it's not a to be clear that the the business plan, all that stuff, is what would come through the uh, the um, uh, um, the RFP. What we're talking about right now is an expression of interest, which is a much simpler process, and we're looking at capitalizing on uh, the range of of. Uh, um, Conversations that we've already been having with proponents that are already out there, and just gathering them together. So uh, we're actually asking for people to sort of put in the work that, w- in many cases, we know has already been done.
3: And I just glanced at the news release. It talked about, and you referenced it in your comments about uh, expansion projects versus a, a brand new one. What's why you included such made it such a broad sort of uh, expression.
2: Well, because I think at the end of the day, what we're looking, about, looking at is, is just trying to refine more product here. So whether it's done uh, through an expansion of a brownfield or whether it's done uh, in a greenfield setting, again, there's, there's uh, different uh, ideas that are out there, and uh, I think that we should uh, keep the door open to consider what is the best uh, potential investment uh, for, for
1: Albertans. So that was Premier Notley today. We'll keep you updated on on that as, uh, as more developments. I think she said that there was already some proposals in place so that um, it would be uh, cut off. I think she said February.
0: Yeah, so as a matter of uh, background for you, because I know we've had this conversation before. So we have four refineries operating in Alberta right Mm -hmm. now a fifth coming online in 2019 right right? so the long-awaited Northwest Sturgeon refinery it will have a capacity of 80 thousand barrels per day it's supposed to begin operation in 2019 that one uh, by the way cost nine point seven billion dollars to build Uh, there are four other refineries in Alberta where are they three are in the Edmonton area the Suncor refinery Uh, It does 142,000 barrels a day. The Imperial Oil Refinery, with a capacity of 187,200 barrels per day, and the Shell Canada Refinery, Mm -hmm. uh, can do 100,000. Then the fourth is up in Lloyd Minster, operated by Husky, I believe. And I think it has a smaller capacity, like like 30,000 barrels. 29, yeah. yeah.
1: All right, so we'll keep you updated uh, on uh, on that one as uh, more information is made, uh, made available to us. It's 2.38. We were talking about delivery stuff and uh, off the top of the show with Amazon and getting paid for different things and, and that sort of stuff. Um, part of um, the, the rotating strikes by Canada Post, mm-hmm. some of the fallout from that, uh, people are starting to report, if you've been waiting on a passport... Um, in some cases, and of course, if you've rushed it and you've left yeah. it to the last minute, folks aren't getting their passports in time to travel. It's a, it's one of those things.
0: So, so I think it typically takes about six weeks to get a passport. I, it seems to me that was how long it took us to get our last passports. And we got the 10-year ones, mm-hmm. uh, so we won't have to do it again. Hopefully, I'll never have to do it again. I should be dead within 10. Um, but you can always go down. I mean, here's the thing. If you had already applied when the labor disruption started, then you're kind of, you know, you're hooped. But if you had had if you understood that there was a labor disruption coming up, the best course of action would have been to go to the passport office.
1: If and, there is a passport office where you yeah, live.
0: Absolutely. Very true. Very true. I mean, here in Edmonton, we have we're uh, lucky that way. Yeah. Canada Place or, or Canada One, whatever they call it. And it does cost more Um They can actually do one for you, and I've done it before in the past, I think almost overnight. If Mm -hmm. it's not 24 hours, it's 48, but it does cost a few hundred dollars for that service. But if you've already applied and now it's held up by Canada Post, you can't go and pay that extra money because... The application has to see its
3: uh, course.
1: Canada Post, again, they told us recently that holiday deliveries will be delayed because of its rotating strikes, because of Black Friday and Sun- Cyber Monday black backlogs. On the website, Canada Post saying that, quote, it's dealing with unprecedented backlogs and has indefinitely suspended its standard two- to three-day delivery guarantee. They say deliveries will continue but delayed during the peak holiday season into January 2019. International parcels will be even more delayed. The backlogs there are not expected. Expected to clear until March, March twenty nineteen. Wait a minute, International, sorry? international. Oh, um, and they said that letter backlog should be cleared by Christmas. But they do have holiday plans in place. They're saying there's four thousand seasonal yeah. workers, some staff working overtime, and an additional fourteen hundred uh, trucks. Well, so I saw my uh,
0: I saw my Canada Post guy uh, putting packages in the uh, box on Sunday, so okay. they're obviously. Well doing all they can to get those parcels out there. I've,
1: I've been getting a, a tracker as soon as someone you know, my, my mom sent me something and she and somehow it sent me a tracker thing mm-hmm. and it's like, Oh, it's here. It's here and actually my dad texted me last night and said, Your parcels arrived at your super mailbox, go pick it up. Really? I'm like okay, Dad.
0: We have We're, yeah, creepy guy. We have a question uh, on the tax line. I have the answer to. Will photo radar tickets be delayed? Does that mean we don't have to pay because of the time lapse? Uh, you still have to pay, but you have to. the The timing starts from the moment you get the ticket That's in the right. mail. We had that uh, story last week or the week before. So, how many of your? Ever-
1: yes, the first off the photo radar tickets. Are delayed.
0: Yes. But you have to pay them. You have to pay them. So what the city was going to do or whatever, whoever sends them out, they were going to hold on to them until the labor disruption was over, which it is, and then start sending them out. And then the clock starts running from the moment you get the uh, ticket in the mail. So how many ever weeks you have to pay... It starts when you get it.
1: Did you see this story out of uh, Maryland where this little girl, like this little six, seven-year-old girl, she's being coached. You can see kind of off the camera. It's from one of, uh, you know, like if you have a doorbell camera, mm-hmm. um, you can see it. She's a little girl in a little pink outfit, little toque with little ears on it. And um, you can see almost she turns around as if someone's telling her to go steal something off the front porch, and she does.
0: Yeah, uh, police say it appears the girl looks to be between the ages of uh, six and eight mm-hmm. years old. She was very hesitant, as you just said. Um, she kept looking back. Uh, somebody was... They said the it was say, obvious
1: look, that she was yeah, being
0: coached. In fact, the the, the mayor uh, said, you know, he, he put it out there that, look, I've never seen a more clear example of a parent... Yeah. Uh, or some adult coaching a child to do something wrong, she really, you can see in the video, doesn't want to do it. And then eventually she runs to the porch and grabs the package and leaves. This is a new problem, you know, relatively new. It's been going on for a few years, but it's a relatively new thing with all the online shopping that's going on. They're called uh, porch pirates now is the term for for it. It's happening in every city. And did you see this guy... Um, Andrew Felix. He was caught in Cincinnati on Saturday. Did you happen to see that story? Interesting. Just a perspective story. So this guy is like 27 years old, I think. Andrew Felix. He was in Cincinnati, and he's uh, now under arrest. And he would. He's one of those porch pirates. Like he would drive around in the early morning mm-hmm. behind the truck wait until the truck goes and they would run to the porch, right? But with so many people having uh, cameras now, doorbell cameras, they got several clear pictures of him along the same street. Um, so several different neighbors produced, here's a picture of the guy, right? And I looked at the picture and man, hit so clear and so detailed. There's no way you couldn't catch him. But here's the perspective. So he's going to go to jail, Uh, it's, it's pretty, I mean, he hasn't been tried yet, but he, you know, the evidence is pretty clear and it would appear as though this is not his first offense. So he is going to do jail time for this. And so somebody asked, well, what did he steal? I mean, because you're grabbing packages, you don't know what's in them. So this guy's going to do maybe a couple of years in jail. So what did he trade his freedom for? He traded it for a woman's blouse. Uh, which, by the way, was the best thing he got. Um, He traded it for a urine jug, which uh, was part of a testing kit someone ordered to see if they could donate a kidney to their cousin, and a box of dog food. Two years. That's what you traded your freedom for. Mm. A blouse, some dog food, and a jug for urine. Way to go, buddy. Way to go, Andrew Felix.
1: But I guess they hope... Against hope that they can, that sooner or later, you know, there's a payday in there. That something, something, yep. something good that they can, that they can flip and make some money off.
0: You know, we say it all the time here. You say it quite often about how there's just cameras everywhere mm-hmm. these days, right? So, and I, I've often said, I don't want to give criminals advice, but my brother, the mm-hmm. ex police officer, used to always say, if you want to get away with a crime, do it once, tell nobody, and never do it again. But these guys who try it guys and girls who try it more than once, you're going to Eventually. hit a whoopsie. Yep, you're going to hit a camera. You're, you, it, it goes without saying that you're going to hit a house that's got a camera. And you know that the people like me that have cameras, it makes our day when the camera goes off, when we get notified that there's movement. It makes our day because, we'll, oh, I wonder what that movement was. And if I saw somebody taking I don't care what the package was. It could be dog food or urine uh-huh. container. That guy's getting arrested. I mean, I will not rest until that person is
1: caught. That's what I got the camera for. I'm, I'm glad you explained what the rest of the urine container was for, because I thought, what is a who's ordering <laughs> a urine, urine jugs? container? Yeah,
0: the, but know, again,
1: you know, think of how important that was to that person. Exactly. he was testing to see if he could be a kidney donor.
0: Right, and what's uh, the other? The rest Gee. of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, oh. is that that container is being held in evidence. Yeah. So now he has to order another, another container, one. which means that the we won't. He won't know if he's able to donate. It's
1: th- going to take. A few weeks longer. it's gonna
0: add weeks to um, an urgent uh, situation
1: okay uh a reminder today oh it's what's the day today Wednesday Tuesday
0: it's Tuesday it's a are short they, day for us 5 30.
1: playing today
0: Colorado who's you know what they score a lot of goals and they give up a lot of goals it should be an interesting game
1: oh man no one's updated the uh, scores for the last little bit I'm I'm looking at the wrong week yeah we're playing the Avalanche tonight
0: that's right in Denver
1: City Ford face-off show 5.30, puck drop seven <laughs> o'clock
0: you know, uh, it's just funny. We were talking off air about parents sending things in the mail. And I know I've told you the story years ago when my mother poisoned a whole floor of residence by sending sausage rolls through the mail to us. And I guess they just weren't good by the time they <laughs> they got to us. But we have this. And do you remember yesterday we talked about odd traditions yeah. at Christmas? And I, I forgot. And I was reminded by my family when I got home. We have the oddest of traditions. I kind of started it by accident. Somebody gave us uh like what is it called those you know those puddings, christmas pudding cakey yeah. dealies. I I'm not sure what they are. Yeah. Not a fruit cake but like a plum put I don't a know plum plum what it was. Plum pudding? Okay. Yeah. And it, a relative gave it to us. And so It was
1: all wrapped up.
0: It was all wrapped up, but I knew what it was. I think it might have been my mother. And this is probably about 10 years ago. Mm. And so I just switched the tag on it and gave it to my son from Calgary um, and said, don't open it till you get to Calgary because I wanted it out of my house. So he took it down to Calgary, opened it up and I heard nothing of it. Then the next year, Mm -hmm. Ashley phones me and says, oh, thanks to you. I have this plum pudding. So I guess it stayed wrapped. I mean, I hope there isn't a stack of cash in there. We, we're pretty confident that's what it, it's been exchanged among the family now.
1: So you don't even take the wrapper off of it, the Christmas
0: wrapper. Well, paper? it's changed over the years because everyone's oh. suspicious now. It's like being handed a mail bomb. So... It's changed boxes, so yeah. I guess we do know that what's in it's it. It's just a. Uh, it's, but you, yet When the presents arrive, you're kind of like, all right. I
1: need some veggie pudding. Has
0: anybody got the pudding in this package?
1: My grandmother used to make that at Christmas again. British.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. Uh, we used to have it, and she, I think she would pour brandy, and then she would do That's that right. um, custard over top of yeah, it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't even
0: know where it is this year. Like I know it was exchanged last year. I'm pretty confident we don't have it. But it's gone all through. So
1: sooner or later, it's coming back to you. Oh though. yeah, it led up coming yeah. back again. And well, what led to that conversation is that my mo- my mother is notorious for sending at least a box of chocolates every year at Christmas with everything else, mm-hmm. and she wraps them all up. And I've told her over and over again, mother, mother. Mom, if you're listening, mother, um, you have to let us know if you're doing that, because we have animals in the mm-hmm. house, and when we put the presents under the tree, guaranteed that the dogs will find the ones with the chocolate. We know what can happen with too much chocolate yeah. with animals. It's yeah. not good for them. You can kill them. Um, and, uh, and, and this was a reminder to her after the first year that uh, Ted, the big ding-dong, the Chesapeake Bay Retriever, found the um, rum chocolate truffles the entire box and and opened every single one of them and ate it. Mm. He also ate a pound of fudge one year, which didn't do too much to a him. A pound so of fudge? He ate a pound of fudge. Cabela's fudge. What does a pound of fudge do to you? To an 80-pound Chesapeake Bay Retriever? Yeah. what does it well, do? Well, uh, your, your pupils dilate. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind, he kind of laid there on the ground and just kind of shook for a little while. He was fine. The vet said, just watch him. and It was okay. But she did it again this year. She did it again this year, mother. She didn't tell me that there were chocolates in there, and Beau Breeze found the chocolates. She, he couldn't get into this container, but I came home because usually we have a we have a doggy fence. When when we're not at home, there's a doggy fence that goes up around the tree. Mm. Because there's a lot, a lot of, work. of birds on the tree too, and yeah. Bo's bird dog. So yeah. he had a little bit of my fault too. Is that what he is, a bird dog? Right? But he also got into butter last night.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Didn't you tweet it or, or Facebook post yeah. it? I saw it. Yeah.
1: How much butter? Mm. Like a whole pound of butter? No, 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 not a pound of butter. He probably had a couple tablespoons of butter. You know that dog's not very well trained. <laughs> the the dog's are really leggy and <laughs> has a long tongue and and has no boundaries when it comes to counters apparently he has no boundaries. Your your Whatever. dog's your dog's are
0: like uh, special.
1: Yeah. They're special. They're Willow, your house. No, Willow was good, and Pepper was good. Those were the ones that were trained by my husband, actually. Oh, is that a
0: fact? Yeah. You ever been in a bar when suddenly a fight breaks out among two friends off in the corner? You're like, what just happened over there? Like, they were drinking and having a good time. That's your two dogs. Like, on Saturday night, there was just suddenly this ruckus. Of, and you know what? You're like most parents and or dog owners who you don't necessarily... You don't ignore your dogs. I'm not suggesting that. But you maybe don't hear. Do you know, like you walk into a, a home that has kitty litter and the homeowners can't smell it? Yeah. But you walk in and go, boom, what is that, kitty litter? Well, those two dogs, they weren't fighting. They were just yelling at each other.
1: Because. But you two
0: guys were still talking. Like, I know. But Carol the, and I looked at each other like, I think there's a dog fight no, going on in the what living they room.
1: they do. They were barking at each other because it was either because they had the gnome toys that each of them had and (laughs) and one of them wanted the other one. Or it was because they had their bullies, those chew things that they had, Mm. and they each want each other's instead of the one that they have. (laughs) So they barked at each other and Bo, who's a Britney Spaniel, somehow, well not somehow, but somehow (laughs) knows how to howl. He howls. Yes. It's like, when did that happen? But he howls like a... Be uh, whatever yeah. kind of. We like thought he was in distress. Thing. Yeah. No, that's just Bo. Huh. All right. <clears throat> on that note. Yeah. Uh, Eileen has the news. Let's do it.
0: All right. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.